today, today we open a brand new series entitled The Calm Before the Storm. How many have ever been in a storm? And you know, even summer's kind of winding down and we're getting ready to head into the schedules and of, of reality again and things that, you know, life and school and schedules and camps or kind of everything's changing and our schedules are at the point where if we're not careful they're going to max out and we'll find ourselves in the midst of a storm um, games and practice and all that kind of stuff I grew up in Kansas in Wichita and we were right in the in the tornado alley I mean tornadoes for us were exciting because I never saw one touch down. But we used to go out on the porch and watch them come. There's nothing quite like seeing a tornado forming and coming and just kind of moving its way and you see things flying. It's like, that is so cool. And so we'd hear the tornado sirens. It was part of our daily or weekly thing. You know, they, they would do these all the time. And, and then you'd hear one for real and boom, you're out on the porch. <laughs> but it, it was interesting to me that most of the time there was this eerie, kind of odd calm before the storm, which kind of let you know something's coming. Get ready. Touch your neighbor and say, something's coming. Get ready. Get ready because something's coming. The, the calm before the storm is this, is this time where you have the time to get to safety. You have the ability to prepare. You have precautions already in place and you know where to go and what to do. And preparation is paramount if you're going to survive the storms of life. Preparation is a big deal. And we've got to be prepared because what you do ahead of time can make all the difference in the world when the storm comes. In Kansas, we had these things called tornado shelters. I guess out in the East Coast, we got hurricane shelters. Is that true? I don't have one, but some people on the shore do, I think. And... You're prepared ahead of time. I, I know people who have this, the show, it's the nasty place, right? It's on the outside of their house. You lift this thing up and you go down this dark, dingy, damp, ugh, spiders and snakes and tigers and bears, oh my. And it, it's all there, right? And, and there's food and flashlights with fresh batteries in them. And, and you just, you got water down there. You're ready. And I wonder sometimes if spiritually we don't have ourselves quite prepared sometimes. Because what you do ahead of time makes all the difference in the world and, and will give you the ability to withstand the storm. Someone has said, stay near to God in the calm if you want him near you in the storm. I love how the... the the writer of Psalms says, our God is an ever-present help in time of need. 
He's better than 911. Come on, somebody. I mean, he answers every time. He, he is there. He's got what we need in time of need. One day, um, this expert was speaking to a group of business students, and to drive home a point, he used an illustration. And as this man stood in, in front of the group of high-powered overachievers, he said, okay, time for a quiz. He pulled out this one-gallon wide-mouth mason jar, set it on the table in front of him, and then he produced about a dozen fist-sized rocks and carefully placed them in one at a time into the jar. When the jar was filled to the top, no more rocks would fit in. He asked, is the jar full? Everyone in the class said, yeah. Then he said, really? He reached under the table, pulled out a bucket of gravel, and then he dumped some gravel in and shook the jar, causing the pieces of gravel to work down into the spaces between the big rocks. When uh, he smiled then and he asked the group once more, is the jar full? By this time, the class was on to him. Probably not, one of them answered. Good, he replied, good. And he reached under the table, brought out a bucket of sand, and he poured the sand in and filled all the spaces in between all the rocks and the pebbles. And then he said, is the jar full? No, they shouted. Once again, he said, good. Then he grabbed a pitcher of water and began to pour it in until the jar was filled to the brim. And then he looked at the class and asked, What's the point of this illustration? One eager beaver raised his hand and said, The point is, no matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always fit some more things into it. <laughs> he said, No, no, that's not it. That's not the point at all. In fact, the truth of this illustration is, if, if you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. If you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. And I ask you today, what are the big rocks in your life that need to go first because order sets priority? Some things, they can take a back seat, but there are some things that can't. Some things allow us to be prepared, ready for anything. Order determines priority. And, and that's why, that's why in, in the financial realm, in the kingdom of God, the tithe is such a big deal to God. It's the first fruits. It's, it's the first tenth of what he's allowed us to earn. And so that order, when we give that first, it brings a blessing on the rest. It, it sets our priority saying, God, you're first. Your kingdom is first. And it also sets us into the supernatural provision of God. I mean, stuff you can't do on your own, but God can. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. He can move mountains on your behalf. He can perform miracles. He can give you favor. He can surround you with favor as with a shield. He can establish the work of your hands for you. When you're trying and, and scratch, scratching and scraping, trying to get to the top God, if you put him first, he can go, whoop, okay, there you are. And it's really no effort on your part. You're just walking in the favor of God. 
Some of us need to grab a hold of that. Big rocks. Give God the first of your life. Give him the first priority in your day. Give him the first priority in your thoughts, in your time, in your money, in your energy, in your relationships. I want to talk about how to do that today just a bit. And first of all, I want to talk about one of the big rocks that, that every one of us as a child of God have got to have. It's called the Word of God. God's Word is a big rock. Tell your neighbor that. God's Word is a big rock. It's, it's a foundation you can stand on. Psalm 119, the psalmist David says in verse 9, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Who, how, who wants to be young? <laughs> who wants to stay young? Come on now. All right. And how can we keep our path pure, untainted, undivided? And he gives the answer in the same verse. By living according to your word. How do you keep your pathway pure? By living according to the word of God. And then David goes on and he says, I seek you with all my heart. I'm pursuing you. I've got my pursuit on you. Do not let me stray from your commands. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart. I've memorized it. I've placed it inside of me so it's become part and parcel of who I am. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount. I talk about all the laws that come from your mouth. I'm, I'm repeating them. I'm talking about them. I'm, I'm letting it be part of my conversation. I rejoice in following your statutes. I get excited about it as one rejoices in great riches. You ever gotten rich? You ever won something? You get all excited. This is exciting. I got something I didn't have before. And that's what Psalmist David says about the Word of God. He said, it gets me excited. I get thrilled about it. Something's happening. I didn't have this before, but I got it now. And I'm talking about it. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider all your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And he goes on in verse 97. He wrote a lot of stuff in Psalm 119. Jumping down to verse 97, he says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. That means he started early in the morning, right? I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. When you got the word of God in you, it is a guide. It shows you how to live your life, where to go, what to do, how to make decisions, how to be wiser than your enemies. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws, meditating on them. 
I'm even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I'm obeying what you're telling me to do. I have refused to walk on any evil path, so I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. It's a big rock. The word of God is a big rock. Get it in first. Order establishes priority. And you get it in, you got to digest it. You got to digest the word of God daily. Or you know what you're going to do? You're going to starve your spirit, man. You got to get the word of God in you so it feeds your spirit, man. Your spirit, man, doesn't thrive on television. Really? Doesn't thrive on talk radio or whatever music you listen to that's not spiritually inclined. Your spirit man thrives on the word of the living God. You got to get it in so you become strong in him and in the power of his might. Now we're eating all kinds of stuff, right? Did you eat all kinds of stuff this week? You look like you didn't waste away to nothing, okay? I got to quit gaining weight. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm enjoying, every time I go to my cardiologist, you know what he tells me? Well, it looks like you've been enjoying some good things. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. I've been enjoying some good things. He said, your blood test tells us that. <clears throat> And your weight tells us that. I'm like, yeah, I got to work on that. He says, that's a good idea. But what would happen if we ingested the word of God, we infused it into our spirit, and it became part and parcel of who we were? What would happen to us spiritually? I don't believe we'd be in crisis all the time. I don't believe we would be anemic. Wondering, where's my strength at? How do I get strength again? I, I don't believe we'd have as many questions as we do. We wouldn't be calling everybody up saying, Can you help me? Can you do this? I need, I need, I need, I need, give me, give me, I need. We'd find our strength in His Word that gives us what we need in the calm before the storm hits. In Hebrews, the, the writer of Hebrews says in verse 11, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. <laughs> Just, yeah, listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. I will remind you once again, when you become a Christian, all of a sudden it's not about you anymore. It's about the lost around you. It's about somebody that doesn't know Jesus yet. It's about somebody who's dying and going to hell unless Jesus saves them. And, and the writer of Hebrews says, look, by this time, 
You, you ought to be feeding somebody. You ought to have so much in you that you've got something to give. And he goes on and he says, instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food, or meat, another translation says, is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. They've got the Word of God in them, so there's this, this skill that has been developed. They, it, it, I've told you this so many times, but in order to know about fake things, you've got to know what the real feels like. You've got to have handled enough real money in order to recognize counterfeit. I remember the first counterfeit $20 bill I, I saw and felt. It, I was, it was in our youth ministry. Right? We had this little thing called the snack shack, and, and kids would buy stuff before our, our meetings and afterwards. And I remember get, going through the money at the end of the night, and it just, I looked at it, it's like, it looked like a $20 bill, didn't feel like one, had a little odd color to it, right? And, and I picked it up and looked at it, and I'm like, that something's not right with that. Took it to the bank. You know what they did? They gave me another 20 and said, hey, here you go. Sorry. Or did they? They grabbed it. I lost 20 bucks. Our ministry lost 20 bucks that day because they took it out of circulation. How many times have you been around something that you knew there just wasn't something right there. You've, you'd had the Word of God so in you, you'd, you'd eaten enough of the real thing that when the fake came along, you're like, whoa, something's not right here. You ever put a bite in your mouth that's not quite right? I told you, was it last week that Christian and I have moved into Sushi Land? Go figure. I looked at that eel stuff and all that wrapped in rice and yeah, the things and seaweed. And I'm like, why in the world would you put that in your mouth? Does that make any sense whatsoever? And then our kids said, you just didn't order the right thing. You haven't, you haven't tasted the real stuff. Anybody can put a bunch of stuff together and say, this is sushi, but you've got to taste the right stuff. So they took us and ordered for us and showed us what to get. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's good. I can't believe it. I liked it. In fact, sometimes I would crave it now. <laughs> I know, right? And, and then you get a bite of something that's not right. Like, that doesn't pass the test. That ain't it right there. Wow. Or you get something that's been sitting out for days and you realize there's something wrong here. 
It's the same way in the spirit. And the only way to test what's right and wrong is to know the word of God, to have it hidden in your heart, to have it become part and parcel of who you are. And when something's not right or something's off or something is, is against the word of God, all of a sudden your senses come up. You go, whoa, ah, no, hello. And you realize it's not what it should be. And the writer of Hebrews says, solid food is those, for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And I've shared with this, this with you before, but let me, let me reiterate this one more time. Milk, which every baby needs, Milk is that which passes through another's body and is given out. Meat is that which you kill and prepare yourself. Amen. Even if it's deer or something like that, you know. Right on, baby, right on. Venison. <laughs> That man has problems. He's <laughs> killing Bambi all the time. So <laughs> I'm kidding, all right? Uh, so here's the deal. You can't get fed spiritually, totally, from this house. Can't do it. Because what I share is meat for me. But as it's processed through me and given out to you, it becomes milk. Everybody get that? Tell your neighbor, I don't want to be a bottle feeder the rest of my life. I want to do some hunting on my own. I want to, I want to experience some things on my own. I want, to, I want to kill and prepare on my own. And you know, I, I've heard this for 30-some years. Well, Pastor, I'm just not being fed. You're not supposed to be fed. You're supposed to feed yourself. Unless you're a baby. Now, if you're a baby, you need to be fed the milk of the Word of God. You need that to grow into the place where you've got the teeth, you've got the ability to chew some solid stuff yourself. And then, when you get to that point, you start feeding yourself so you've got something to give to somebody else. You've got something to share. You've got something prepared so somebody who hasn't had the ability yet can be fed spiritually by your milk. Now, I don't care how long you are in this, this house receiving the word of God weekly. You're not going to grow, 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 grow until you start ingesting the word of God yourself. And for some of us, by this time, we should have already got enough 
to be able to share with somebody else. Tag, you're it. Come on. Touch your neighbor. Tag him. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. You're a bottle feeder, not a bottle eater. You prepare that bottle for somebody else. Don't suck on it yourself. When Anchor has a bottle right now, I'm not eating it. I'm giving it. I don't even want to taste that stuff, right? But I want to feed it because I prepared it. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. It's a big rock. Word of God. And if you don't get God's word in your life consistently first, other things will crowd it out, and you'll starve to death spiritually. And when the storm comes, you won't be prepared. And you want to be prepared for the storm. You want to be prepared for the storm. After I left Kansas, I was in a couple of different tornadoes. And it wasn't a pretty thing. It wasn't jumping out of my trailer going, wow, isn't the sky amazing right now? Because the devastation the storm brings is pretty incredible. In fact, just, what, a half mile from our house? Andover, Kansas, entire two-mile section of land was devastated. Many people were prepared. Many were ready. Some weren't. But you want to be prepared for the storm. And the calm before the storm helps you prepare. And as Jesus told his disciples, you will have storms. It's a guarantee. Storms are part of life. Everyone has storms. How prepared are you for the storms coming your way? Get the Word of God in you. Get it in first. Make it a priority. Christine Kane says, The devil is ever so crafty in communicating negative messages. He will do everything in his power to keep us from getting on the right train of thought. He'll bombard our thoughts because he knows that most people don't even think about what they're thinking about. He knows they will believe any lie he tells, that they will think any thought that comes to their minds. So we have to be committed to know, to learn, and to retrain our thinking. We have to work at believing God's voice spoken through his word more than all the other voices that have spoken into our lives, including our own. Begin every day, she says, by first checking the destination board and picking the right train of thoughts. Where do you want to be? Pick that train of thought. Ask yourself, where do I want to end up today? And then set your course going in the right direction. Take God's thoughts and replace yours with His. This is the process of renewing your mind, of becoming someone who thinks and consequently 
lives differently than you do now. She says, I start every morning filling my mind with the Word of God. I need to remind myself of what God says about me in every circumstance in life. When I'm armed with the truth of His Word, I'm able to contend with the onslaught of fear, doubt, insecurity, negativity, and lies that the enemy hurls at me daily. She says, if this sounds like a lot of work, consider it this way. If you needed kidney dialysis every day to stay alive, you'd do it, right? If, if you needed a pill every day to keep you alive, you would take it, wouldn't you? She says, I urge you to consider it that important to study the Word. The Word will keep you on track and help you to flourish in life. Knowing who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ is the key to setting our course and staying on track every day. We have to think God's truth and say it daily because it's, the, it's only the truth we know that sets us free. You got to know some things. You got to know some things deep down in your knower that nothing can shake, nobody can talk you out of. You got to know you are a child of the living God. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have your sights set on heaven. You are Christ's brother and sister, and you are an ambassador for Christ. Everywhere you go, you are representing him. You got to know some things. You got to know that the enemy doesn't have any power over you. And every negative thought that comes into your mind, you can take it captive to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. All you do is if something pops in your mind that's not of God and you recognize it, you've been trained, you've got the skill to know, whoa, that's not of God. Because it's negative. It's putting me down, not lifting me up. It's pulling me out of my belief system and trying to believe, make me believe something that's not true. So all of a sudden you're going, whoa, hey, where'd that come from? What do you do with that? I think, I'll, oh, that's so awful. I think I'll just sit here and meditate on it. Oh. And before long, you've got yourself down to, oh, awful me, I'm awful, I'm terrible. <laughs> and if you do that, you give yourself to the enemy's power. But God has given us the ability to take every thought captive to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So, Pastor, how's that work? Thought comes in, you recognize, not of God. And you verbally say, I take you captive to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm locking you up right now. Get out. You can't come back. Really? That simple? Really? That simple? Really? That simple? And all of a sudden, that thought goes away. And then you replace it with God's word. Remember how the enemy came to Jesus? Well, if you are the son of God, which, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at you, you're looking kind of feeble right now. Turn these stones to bread. 
whatever. Is that what he did? He said, hey, it is written. Here's what the Word of God says. And he replaced the negativity with the Word of God. The enemy had to shut up. Did he give up? No, he kept coming back. Are you kidding? He never gives up. The enemy doesn't want to give up on you. Now, here's another deal. People get saved and they're like, okay, life's going to be perfect now. Everything's free, easy. Oh, my troubles are gone. No, you just got a target on your back. Enemy wasn't worried about you before. You're part of his kingdom. You're doing his thing. But now, you're a threat to his kingdom. You're a threat to what he's trying to deal with in this world. He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. You've all of a sudden become a threat. So you got a target on your back. How are you going to handle that? Word of God. Strength of the Spirit. Renewing your mind. Taking every thought captive to the Lordship of Jesus. Locking some stuff up, setting some stuff free. He's giving you keys to the kingdom. So whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Woo. Christine knows what she's talking about. I'm telling you. We have to thank God's truth, say it daily, because it's, it's only the truth we know that sets us free. The only way to know God's word is to read it, meditate on it, study it, and apply it to our everyday lives. She says, when I first started renewing my mind, I had to put post-it notes of handwritten scriptures on my mirror that I needed to keep foremost in my mind. I did the same thing, still do. Post-it notes are my friend. <laughs> I love sticky notes. My kids call me the sticky note pastor. It's all good. And she says, post-it notes are still my best friend to this very day because it took years to develop all the wrong thoughts. Despite our best efforts, we can't undo overnight what took so much time to create. All those occurrences of listening to family and friends and teachers, the media, ourselves, so many voices feeding us shame-inducing thoughts. But as I committed to the process of replacing my thoughts with God's thoughts, it's changed the course of my life. And I would echo exactly what she said. What she said. That, that's why it's such a big deal around here. We talk about the life journal. Get a life journal. Start reading the Word of God. Start writing down the, the good stuff that God's speaking to you. And then you've got, you got a journal to go back and go, man, I was praying about that, but look how God answered that prayer. Wow. And here's the truth of what God says about me. And, and I was believing something else, but now I see. I see the truth. It, it just come alive for me. That's why I talk about getting a one-year Bible and reading it every day. Getting the Word of God in you. That, that's why it's, it's so important that we, we uh, e even on your smartphone. Some of you have dumb phones, but, but some of you have smartphones. And... Smartphone has an app called YouVersion. It's a Bible app. You can read the Word of God daily from your smartphone. 
You can choose whatever translation makes sense to you. Right? Okay? And, and so, every morning, order establishes priority. Well, I'm not a morning person. Well, then start your morning at night. <laughs> kind of the Jewish way to do things. There was evening and morning the first day. Right? So they started their, their day in evening time. However it works for you. But let it be a, an establishment of order so you can begin to take in the meat of the word. And it starts to make a difference in you. Am I making any sense to anybody? You can get reading plans on your, on your app, your version Bible app. You can get a reading plan. You can, there's, I've, I looked at mine the other day. I've, I've gone through like 87 Bible thingies since I've had this phone. Okay. And you pick two or three a day or, or you want to read the Bible through the entire year and so you pick that app and you, you just figure out a way to make it work for you. Download the Word of God in your spirit. You are what you eat. I was eating donuts this week. I'm feeling it. I put the donuts aside. Get some stuff that's good for me. Psalm 119. David goes on, verse 103. He says, how sweet your words taste to me. They're sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word illuminates so I can see clearly what path to take, where my next steps should be. Your word gives me wisdom. Your word shines a light so I can see the craggy places, the, the, the places that might twist my ankle. Now, I know God's there. He's, he's smoothing out the rough places for me, but there are some places that the enemy tosses a rock in there to and wants me to trip and, and fall, but, but his word is a lamp. His word shines on my pathway so I know how to make it through life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So, well, why is the Word of God such a big deal, Pastor? Why is it such a big rock? Because these aren't just words on paper. This isn't just a book. How many would read a book a hundred times, right? It's not just a book. In fact, Hebrews says, says it this way in Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is alive and powerful. It, it's living, it's powerful because the Word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And so the more we ingest the Word of God, the more we get of Jesus in us. The Word of God is alive, it's powerful, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It is cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It gets in places where nothing else can get into 
The words from your friends can't get in there. Advice from somebody can't get in those places that the Word of God gets in and goes, what about this? And you're like, ah, wow, what was that? You ever been there? You ever read something that's like God's Spirit went boom? You go, oh, ooh, that was, yeah, ooh. Like my brother with surgery this week. Surgeons got in where he couldn't get to. They cut away some things and, and, and gave him a surgery. And I, I'm going to throw out to you today that some of us need spiritual surgery. We need to allow the Word of God to get in and cut away some things and, and do some healing work in us that can't be done any other way. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it gets in. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It, it like cuts the layers back and says, boy, there's the real deal. And when I get it in me enough, it changes me changes me. I was listening to somebody talk about their first encounter with God. And he said as soon as they accepted Jesus Christ into their life, all of a sudden the Bible wasn't just words on paper. It came to life and they're like, wow, I never, I never, wow, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't understand. Wow. It, it's all of a sudden, they knew the author of the book that made all the difference in the world. Today, maybe, just maybe, you've either neither never had a relationship with Jesus and things are off with you and God or, or you kind of walked away from what you had before. And I just want to give you an opportunity today to make things right with God. So if you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment, give, give the person next to you the privacy of this moment. Maybe you want, maybe you just realized this morning, you know what, I need, I need the Word of God in me. I need to get that relationship with God right again. Maybe you've never done that, or maybe you've done it before, but today you're recognizing everything's not right between me and God. Because everyone needs to have the opportunity to know God. And once you know God, you will find freedom. And as you find freedom, you'll discover your purpose. And then you'll be able to make a difference in your world. And all of us are wired to make a difference. But to make a difference, it starts with knowing God. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you, if you want to know God this morning, if you want to begin that relationship or, or rebuild that relationship with God, I want, I want to pray with you. If you just slip your hand up high, we're going to pray together. And God's going to set you free? Yes, sir. He's going to give you the ability? Yes, ma'am. To come into relationship right relationship with him someone else 
God's speaking to your heart right now, and you just say, want to say, yeah, I, I, I want to fix things between me and God. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir, in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Someone else. The Spirit of God speaking to you. You feel it. You feel something going on inside. You're like, whoa, 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 what should I do? Just say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus today. If you want to do that, I want you to pray with me. In fact, why don't all of us pray this out loud and you join in. If you want to make things right with God, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today with the word of God. And I want your word to transform me. I declare today that Jesus Christ is Lord. I thank you, God, for raising Jesus from the dead so I could be set free from my sin, from the power of death, and from the power of hell. And I declare today that I am saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I want to start this relationship with you. And so today, I decide to follow your way, to follow your word. And I will do that as you give me strength. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand together. Let's just lift our voices. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hearts today. Just begin to praise Him. Begin to worship Him. You alone are worthy, Lord. Your praise will ever be on my lips, Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be 
praise you today. We praise you. Lord, we praise you that there is nothing too difficult for you. Where would we get that from? The Word of God. He said nothing is impossible with God. That's what His Word says. His Word is truth. Nothing's impossible with God. That's what His Word says. His word is truth. Nothing shall be impossible with God. That's what his word says. And his word is truth. Some of you are facing some impossible things right now. Either physically, financially, relationally, emotionally. There's some stuff going on in your life. And you say, you know what? I need need an impossible situation fixed. I need God to step in. I'm going to invite him to do that today. And if that's you, I want you to step out from where you are and join me here at this altar. We're going to pray together. We're going to believe God for some miracles. If you need a miracle, I don't care what it is, God's here and nothing is impossible with him. And as we praise him, the Bible says in his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's stuff going on when we praise him. And if you need a miracle, come on, come on. We're going to believe together. We're going to stand together in faith, knowing that God is able to do what is impossible to man, but nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, your praise will ever be on my lips. faith to believe for God to perform a miracle, I want you to come and join these right now. We're going to pray together. The Bible says where two or three agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done of our Father who is in heaven. We're going to agree together right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we declare your truth today. 
your truth, not the lies of the enemy. We won't believe the lies of the enemy any longer. We believe your truth. Your truth says, by our, your stripes we are healed. We stand in that truth today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you provide miracles beyond what we could comprehend. You will do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. And right now we stand together, we agree together that this, this situation is done in Jesus' name. That a miracle is taking place right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for freedom from sin. Thank you for freedom from sickness. Thank you for freedom from disease. Thank you, Lord, for financial freedom. Thank you for giving us wisdom through your word to know how to get out of our mess. Thank you, Lord. You're an awesome God. You're an awesome God. And we praise you in this house today. We praise you in this house today, Lord. Awesome, almighty God. You will be praised. Somebody give them a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worthy Lord. Worthy Lord. Amen. So be it. So be it in Jesus' name. Look, if you gave your heart to the Lord for the first time today, you need the Word of God. Did you get that this morning? You need the Word of God. You need to get it in you daily. We have one for you. The ushers will have them at the door. They'll also have an offering bucket if you missed the offering at the beginning of the service, and they'll be there prepared to uh, receive your offering if you want to do that. But listen, get the Word of God in you. Start digesting it every day. It's going to come alive to you. All right? Get involved in a church. This is a good one. If you don't like it here, get somewhere where they teach the Word of God. And tell somebody what God's done in your life. Let it come out of your mouth. I, I started a relationship with God. And wow, wow. I, I, I now know the creator of the universe. What a deal. Tell somebody. Share the good news. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So have a blessed day. Go be Jesus with skin on to somebody. Share the love that God has placed in your life.